0: Since the formation of the United Arab Emirates 50 years ago, the country has become a close friend and strategic partner of the United Kingdom. In this mini-series, The UAE at 50, we speak to those at the heart of this connection about what it means and how it has helped shape the UAE. I'm Leila Maghribi, and in this episode, we're talking to environmental experts about the UAE's fast-changing eco-sector. The UAE is forging ahead with its commitment to have net-zero emissions by 2050. Determined to become a world leader in sustainability and renewable energy, as well as ecotourism, partnerships and collaborations with countries like the U.K. are at the heart of that goal. In 2019, entrepreneur and philanthropist Sheikha Shammah bin Sultan bin Khalifa Al Nahyan was appointed to the board of advisors of the Yale Center for Environmental Law and Policy. She was the first representative of the Middle East and North Africa region to be part of the board in the center's history. A graduate of Cambridge University, Sheikha Shamma says the UAE and the UK have learned much from each other.
1: I personally have enjoyed and benefited greatly from the wealth of knowledge of my lecturers and peers during my time at Cambridge University. One of the most prestigious academic environments to be in. For decades, the UAE and the UK have enjoyed a long-standing relationship built on significant trade agreements and mutual support. In this time, we've learned a great deal from each other, and moving forward, it is important that we continue to keep these avenues for collaboration open. We have all seen the UAE pioneer economic diversification and the moving away from oil dependency more than four decades ago and introducing new sectors such as trade, aviation, tourism, and finance. Now, in this changing world, we take this one step further with a new wave of emerging sectors. I believe there's a lot we can learn from the UK in this respect there is still work that needs to be done. Climate change is still and will continue to be our Goliath. If we are to make any real headway in tackling climate change and real impact to sustainable development, we need to look at implementing long-term solutions, but also we need to have the right policies and legislation in place to support these initiatives as well as buy-in and collective efforts from all stakeholders including government entities, regulators, corporates and of course the public. Here in the UAE we have seen the emergence of innovative agricultural technologies that allow fruit and vegetables to grow in the middle of arid desert conditions, in essence generating local produce. Not only do these Technologies provide relief in terms of food security, but they present an opportunity to diversify the economy, opening new channels for GDP.
0: Richard Perry has been a close witness to the changes the UAE has undergone over the two decades he's been living in the country. Currently an advisor to Abu Dhabi's environmental agency, Perry helped establish the institution by developing the first national environmental strategy for marine sector. When he arrived in Abu Dhabi back in 1999, there was very little of what would be called protected areas. But 22 years later, he's proud to say that the UAE is embracing its natural environment.
2: I was born in Iran and my grandfather was out here as an ambassador general in Yemen and my father obviously been out here. So it had a sort of connection with the Middle East at the time anyway. I came out here to, as you said, join ARUDO, the Environmental Research and Wildlife Development Agency, primarily to try, try and set up the environmental agency for Abu Dhabi. So my role as, well, as head of environmental services was to establish the, the GIS system for Abu Dhabi, um, set up the protected areas network, and establish these of uh, what we call now the environmental quality sector, this sort of permitting and regulation sector. So really to try and set up and establish the, the environmental agency here. In 1999, there really wasn't very much here at all in terms of protected areas. Now we've got um, numerous marine and terrestrial protected areas. We have UNESCO Biosphere Reserve, Morawa. Um, our WAFPA now is also a Ramsar site and a green listed. So these are formal international status protected areas now. We have numerous other ones for Hibara, Oryx, um, and just general environment. And as, as part of that whole network, there's a lot more work going on in terms of trying to connect, get, get them connected, connectivity, um, make sure we've got representation in the protected areas network, open them up for ecotourism. And I think what is about 16, 70% of the Emirate now is, is protected. Under, under formal protected area, both the marine and terrestrial. And they're looking to more than double that, I think, by uh, 2040. They're looking to you know, expand that area under protection quite quite a lot.
0: Perry was also involved in the development of Mazdar City, one of the world's most sustainable urban communities. In 2010, he returned to the Environment Agency in Abu Dhabi to head up the development of the city's Environment Vision
2: 2030. Her Excellency husband Mubarak, asked me to come back to the agency to, to help head up this um, Development. It was a two year program of trying to map out what the vision for Abu Dhabi Emirate was in terms of environment. And we we spent 18 months working with all numerous stakeholders, trying to understand what it was they wanted to see in the environment, what were the pressures, what could be done, uh, how far we could push the environmental agenda without upsetting the economic and social agendas, um, and really trying to get a sustainable path forward for the Emirate. So, whilst Master was really quite focused and and, um, was cutting edge the Emirates still needed a vision for how it was going to develop overall okay, and protect the environment. So we worked with Cambridge University looking at um, modelling of the Emirate. Um, we worked with consultants, the entities themselves. Um, we went through huge exhaustive um, workshops and um, mapped out, it was quite an extensive exercise, mapping out the targets and aspirations and, and the initiatives that we wanted to achieve to try and make Abu Dhabi Emirate sustainable in the future. And it was, it was quite a task. At the time, I remember that the... Um, the carbon footprint, let's think it was 30 tonnes per capita, I think, at the time. This is 2010. And we had two targets. One was a, a sustainable target, or rather a sort of threshold target, which was um, what, how far we pushed the envelope without upsetting the economy. And the other was what we had to do in terms of sustainability, environmental sustainability. Um, and really, they were really quite aggressive targets at the time. I and mean, it was down to about 19, I think. And um, We've still got quite a long way to go, unfortunately, but it's getting there. And the UAE and Abu are really pushing the envelope now in terms of climate change and greenhouse gases. Having lived in the UAE for 22
0: years, Perry has seen big changes since he first came to work here.
2: When I first came here, there was, there was nothing. Our was had just been set up, that was it. Now we have, you know, we're leading the world in protected areas. So you know, we're right up there at the top of the ladder in terms of protected area. So that is a big achievement. Uh, But beyond that, there's also all the work we do with species. I mean, when I first came, Aruda was, as I said, primarily about hubara and falcons. Um, And that's really what it was about, trying to preserve the culture. And hubara at the time were going extinct. The threatened species, the breeding facility at Swayhan, is now several thousands of of birds being bred each year. The hubara foundation has been set up. Uh, That is a huge success story in its own right. Breeding and releasing the birds and ensuring their sustainability. And then the work with oryx as well. Arabian oryx has gone extinct in the wild. And through captive breeding and release, again, they're back out there. Um, And we're working with other countries with the the cimitar-horned oryx as well. The the breeding program there we're releasing oryx back out into the wild. Uh, Dugong, we have a, a second largest population in the world, densest population in the world. Stable, being looked after, being protected in protected areas. Fisheries have rebounded. Um, you know, so there are numerous success stories throughout um, that the agency's, you know, done a lot of good work. We have the um, National Aquarium coming on stream either this year or beginning next year, which again is a, a wonderful, will be a wonderful series, the most diverse collection of sharks and rays in the world, I think, or the Middle East at least. East. So that um, facility and those facilities are coming on stream that people can go and visit and understand about the wildlife. We um, at the agency are... are hopefully uh, building a, a, a sort of a large vessel for um, research and also for taking kids and other groups out into the marine environment. So getting people in touch with nature, getting them to interact with nature, we're looking to open up ecotourism in a sustainable way, though. We don't want to destroy the environment, but we do want to encourage people to go out into the environment and enjoy it. Um, so that's in, in the close future. Looking to the future, though, it, it could be a different story. You know, the world is being really impacted by climate change. and we have been doing studies on sort of... Um, potentially impacts of climate change on the environment and species and reptiles that may be affected by climate change and you know the salinity of the gulf and the fish stocks and, and those sort of potential elements that might be affected but i think through proper management and having you know proper mitigation adaptation plans in place most of those can be protected and, and for instance i mean our corals corals here are some of the most uh, thermally thermal resilient corals in the world so, they'll start to look at breeding those and, and trying to help other places that have corals under threat from climate change. So, you know, there are exciting opportunities there as well.
0: Thanks to Sheikh Hashemma bin Sultan bin Khalifa al Nahyan and Richard Perry. Subscribe to recorded by the National News on your favorite podcast app to hear the rest of the mini series of The UAE at 50.